You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Heritage Classic next month in Edmonton. These tickets are pricey. We're giving to you for free a pair. Oh, and also we're doing... A pair of movie tickets to the Expendables 4. Um, we're asking you a 960-960 name and location. Got to put your name and location to win. I worked as a blank shorter than Mike Babcock's tenure behind the bench of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I worked as a blank shorter than Mike Babcock's job as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. 960-960 name and location. But what a fun week, too, of the National Football League. He had the call of the Jags and Chiefs on CBS our man on the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to the NFL on CBS is Charles Davis. Charles, how are you? I'm doing great. It is fantastic to talk to you both. May I jump in on the Mike Babcock real quick? I would love Please. to hear your opinion on that. Okay. So I was a kid and I was reading Fran Tarkenton, mm. reading his book. And it was an autobiography that he wrote and it was titled, They Call Me Scrambler. Because back then, we used to use the term, he scrambles out of the pocket. And then back then, he ran around mm-hmm. more than anyone thought you should in the NFL. The adage back then was, you stay in the pocket. That's the safest place for you to be. Scramblers don't last. Well, it worked pretty well when he retired as the all-time leading passer in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's had a story in his book. Okay, so the question is, you lasted blank less time than Mike Babcock as the head coach. Right. He had a story in there. Norman Van Brocklin was his head coach for the Vikings. It was an expansion team. Van came right off the field, winning an NFL title with the Eagles, and became the head coach of the expansion Minnesota Vikings. 60, he wins the title as the quarterback in Philly. 61, he's the head coach of the Vikings. So people talk about these quick transitions. They actually happen. All right, anyway, during training camp, (laughs) expansion team, now think about in the 60s, Expansion teams were truly expansion teams. They gave right. you the dregs of the earth, right? <laughs> yeah. They said, Fran Tarkin said, they brought in this veteran from another team, and he comes in, and it's the first day, and they're on the field, and they're stretching. And the first thing they stretch and do, the old veteran says, can't really do that. I got a little hit from days beyond. I got to do something else. They get to the second one, <laughs> and he goes, ah, shoulder. Can't really do that one. Then Brockham walks over and goes, pack it up. You're out of here. You're cut. Fran Tarkenton said, 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes, the guy was gone. I think I think that one wins. Yeah, that, <laughs> wow. that, 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 that's pretty good. What uh, Charles, I, again, obviously I, I wasn't around when uh, he played, but right away uh, when you said Fran Tarkenton, I thought of the 80s show, That's Fantastic. That's, oh, that, that's incredible. That's incredible. Not that's fantastic. Damn it. That's incredible. My brother is yelling at the, at the radio right now going, you idiot. It's that's incredible. I remember that show when I was a kid. And do you remember, you remember, you remember who his co-hosts were? Oh, what was her name? Oh, my brother is going to get. Crosby. Yes. Yeah. And Kathy Lee Crosby was later. Come on guys. We're Kathy come, Lee we're, Gifford. Come on now. Come with me. Kathy Lee no, Gifford. She was not Kathy Lee Gifford. That's two different people. Damn it. Kathy Lee Gifford was Kathy Johnson, who used to sing the notes on Name That Tune. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. 
I love it. But Full Kathy circle. Lee Crosby You're awesome. did TV shows, did movies, did all that stuff. She was a co-host. She was later Joe Theismann's fiance, and oh. she was Joe Theismann's fiance when he got his leg broken by Lawrence Taylor and was with him that night. They were they were supposed to get married. They never did. So there you go. And there's one other co-host that we have to remember because he and Fran had the best set of hair. Like those guys, they had good hair. All right, in the <laughs> 80s, like a good set of lettuce on there. Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was John Davidson. Yes. Oh, you know, Charles, so I'm, so, I'm so disappointed that I let you down about the Kathy Lee Gifford thing. I, got, no, I can't even good. look at myself in the we're mirror good. today. I just can't. We're good. Listen, Kathy Lee, Kathy Lee, I think you can get a pass on thinking mm. it might be the same person. Uh, my co-host, Matt, has no idea what we're talking about right now, so it's good. I'm just a listener. I'm okay, having I, a great time. <laughs> this is good. It. This is fun. Um, you, you mentioned Remember, uh, they, they do they do spell it differently. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to football. Um, wanted. Uh, I know you mentioned Lawrence Taylor, and it feels like a segue to me. Like the way Micah Parsons yeah. is playing right now for the Cowboys. Like yeah. is is. Yeah. Uh, I know we never give MVPs uh, anybody outside of a quarterback anymore. But yeah. is this the guy? And like Aaron Donald, very similar. But the way this guy has yeah. an impact on the game, can he be a yeah. legitimate MVP candidate, Charles? He should be. He absolutely should be. Lawrence did get it, I believe. Eh, I think it back. I think he's a defensive player. But anyway, he has that type of impact because he absolutely destroys game plans. Like you spend your your week trying to figure out how to block it, like or do whatever. Remember, Lawrence Taylor changed the game so much that Joe Gibbs came up with the H back. Remember, the H back position evolved because they needed an extra blocker when they played the Giants against Lawrence Taylor, and he was the combo tight end running back type position to be that second, third blocker (laughs) to try and keep Lawrence at bay, right? Mm -hmm. Micah Parsons is playing to that type of a level because the way that Dan Quinn is employing him, it's almost like, where's Waldo? Because when you get to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback, you've got to ID, you know, we always hear him, ID the mic, ID the mic, meaning – identify the middle linebacker because that sets your blocking. All right. So wherever the line, okay, 46 is the mic, 46 is the mic. Now it tells everybody, okay, this is what we set off of. So whatever blocking scheme we have, it has to fold into that because that's the guy kind of the point of the storm. With Micah Parsons, it's not just setting the mic. It's where's 11. Where is he going to be? Where's he going to line up? Where's he going to move? And you have to account for all of that because he will come from every different angle, direction, you name it. So all the guys like in Lawrence Taylor's day, that offensive tackle on that side, that's who had the worst week. Like that's the person who didn't sleep all week because they were going to get 60 plays of Lawrence Taylor coming at them. With Micah Parsons, no one sleeps (laughs) because (laughs) he could come from any direction, any spot, any gap, you name it. And he's arriving with an impact and making plays. He's so good right now that I do believe the question has to be asked. Is Dallas going to be better than Philadelphia in the NFC East? That's, that's how well Micah Parsons is playing. Cause he's carrying that Dallas defense along with him. And by the way, Dak Prescott was really good yesterday. So Dallas is truly a contender for taking over the NFC East with Philadelphia. And what is that old adage in the NFC East? There hasn't been a repeat champion since 2004 when right. the Eagles were a repeat champion. So it would seem to say if history holds, Philadelphia won't defend their crown. 
Charles, you were in Jacksonville, lovely Florida, for the Chiefs and the Jags. Uh, I, 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 I bet it was. Uh, I have a question about the Chiefs' offense, and it's more they, they've lost all sorts of guys, right? They lose Tyreek Hill. Their receiver room isn't the same. But is there more of a question about their two tackles? They got Juwan Taylor in. I can't remember the name of the other new gentleman who's off on the other side, but that's not great for Pat early on. Yeah. Here's, here's where the, the question is. They're both very talented, and they've both been starters in this league for a while. They were both drafted high for a reason. Both of them were second-round guys who we all thought were going to go in the first round. Okay, Donovan Smith was in Tampa, and during their salad days, obviously, was the Tom Brady time. Okay, On the flip side, Juwan Taylor came from Jacksonville, and they were trying to figure it out. He went through all the mess there. He went through the Urban Meyer, blah, blah, blah. I would say of the two, especially at this stage of their careers, Juwan Taylor's the more talented, the more agile, the more athletic, but Donovan Smith is a savvy bet. Both of them have had issues with holding throughout their careers. I think I pointed it out yesterday. Donovan Smith has had like 18 in his career called holds that were accepted. I think that going into yesterday, Juwan Taylor had like 19 of those and 16 false starts. And, you know, the eye of everything was on him because of the opener about where he was lining up. And why wasn't it called more? And was he getting off the snap too quickly? And should that have been the, you know, a false start? All those things. Yet, he didn't really correct it well. Mm. Like, you know, anyone who watched that game, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's all we talked about. It was everywhere, okay? And he really didn't correct it well. He got nailed for some stuff. And by the way, the officials were way more punitive in this one. I <laughs> uh, do. Nope. Eh, that's a flag. I uh, do. Nope. Uh, that's a flag. <laughs> And I was like, how did you not know? And I'm pretty sure the coaches were like, didn't we go over this? And they actually pulled him from the game for a few plays. And then they put him back out there. He's really good. All he has to do is line up in the proper place and play it straight, and he'll be fine. Donovan Smith will be interesting because Tom Brady got rid of the ball quicker than any quarterback in the league. Patrick Mahomes will go back and throw in rhythm. But we also know the biggest play of the game yesterday was when he scrambled around, scrambled around, kept it alive, hit Sky Moore, and sealed the victory. Donovan Smith's not used to blocking for someone like that. That's a whole new ball game. I can't wait to see how that plays out as we go on. But if you ask me if I'm bullish on them, the answer is yes, because I think they're both talented enough. And if they adjust, I think that they'll be fine. Did you see any rust from Chris Jones? No, no rush from Chris Jones. I actually saw a rush from Travis Kelsey. Mm. I really think that Travis, Travis was, was, was so amped to play because it really killed him to miss that game. I mean, you got, you got to understand, that game that he missed against Detroit in the opener, that's the first game he missed since his rookie year. All right, that's a lot of ball. So he's used to being out there, and it killed him, and he saw opportunities, and then his team lost, and, and, and I will tell you, Travis Kelsey is living his best life right now. Nothing means more to him than football and the Kansas City team, and it killed him that he wasn't out there helping his team. I mean, if it, I will tell you, he is a team-first guy to the core, and he tried, what's the old expression in baseball? He tried to hit a five-run home run, which you can't do. Mm-hmm. There were a few of those plays I saw on Sunday where he was trying to do just a little bit more that he didn't need to do, and he pressed. Mahomes hit him in the hands with one that would have been a touchdown. He's going to catch that 99 times out of 100. He didn't catch it on Sunday. 
Um, there were a couple times where he showed a little frustration because he thought he was being held or the ball didn't come his way, which he doesn't normally do. I do think that there's just a, a – he put an inordinate amount of pressure on himself. And then, of course, there was all the whispers about his personal life. And now you throw it all in there, and I think that he, he pressed. I don't think we'll see that going forward. I think we'll get the Travis Kelsey we've seen lately. But yesterday was just one of those days. Plus, it was 2,037 degrees out there, and that affected <laughs> everyone. I mean, look, I was, I was riding home yesterday, and I felt myself starting to cramp. And I thought to myself, these guys just played in that and all that gear, and I'm cramping up? Right. That's how hot it was. Um, you just set it up on a tee first, Charles. You talk <laughs> about um, Travis's personal life and your broadcast yeah. partner, Iron Eagle with the beautiful Kelsey finding a blank space in reference to I a mean, Taylor was... Swift song. Like what was, what was your reaction sitting beside him in the booth? Like, did you smirk? Like what, what did you do in the booth after he said that? I'm lucky enough that this is my fourth year with him. <laughs> and when he said it, I just went, of course he did. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 because Ian is so brilliant. I, I, there's no other words for it. I've mentioned this to friends many times. Early on, I was trying to find a way to keep up with Ian. I was trying to find a way to be as funny and as witty and as and as and as quick. The answer is I can't be. <laughs> okay, I finally looked in the mirror, and, and the mirror was like, "Dude, what are you doing? You can't do it." Okay, <laughs> you're not even you're not even a contender. All right, just go ahead, let it go. And laugh with laugh when he breaks out a good one and call the day. Don't try and match it. Don't try and do stuff. He will leave you in the dust. And that's why I'm telling you, everyone else, there was, I'm sure there was visceral reactions. I'm sure people were like, hold on, wait, wait, what, run that. Did he just say that? I'm sure there's plenty of that. I heard it, and I just went, of course he did. And I just moved on. <laughs> Charles Davis, uh, NFL on CBS, joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports for our guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. 960 the fan wanted to ask you this question who's been the more uh surprise in the nfc south the bucks or the falcons i'd say probably the bucks because the falcons despite the fact they haven't been great the last couple of years the games were most for the most part tight i mean you go back and look they played a lot of people tough they just didn't know how to beat them or win right the Buccaneers, I think, was much more of a question mark because it was Baker Mayfield's last stand. Tom Brady's no longer there. Gronk is going. We can just go down the line. The defense we expected to be pretty good. We knew they had receivers, but could Baker Mayfield get him the ball? He is at his best when he's an underdog. Okay? His best season in Cleveland, he was still an underdog, and he had his best year the second half of that year they went to the playoffs. The next year was like he had arrived. He played hurt, didn't play as well. You saw what happened. Trace his career, go all the way back to when he walked on at Texas Tech, and note that the best years he's had in his career, he's always the underdog. He's always the guy coming off the pace. He's always the guy that, as I told him to his face, because we are friendly enough, I don't know how he would consider me, but we've known each other for years. I always tell him the same thing. You don't carry a chip, Baker. You carry the boulder that Sisyphus was pushing up the hill, okay? That's what you carry, and you love it. That's when you are at your best. That's when you are happy. 
people saying good things about him probably makes him mad because it doesn't work for him. What works for him is, ah, Baker Mayfield, ah, he's a boss, ah, Baker Mayfield, he can't be a starter anymore. And they went to Minnesota and won, and then they won a good win against Chicago yesterday. So they're off to a 2-0 start. I'd say it's a little more surprising than Atlanta, even though Atlanta just beat Green Bay. I, I just think that we expected Atlanta to have a little bit more juice going, and they do right now. Charles, I don't know about you, but we're watching Monday uh, Sunday Night Football yesterday, and I'm wondering if the Patriots have found a special teams loophole. They ran a play where Brendan Schooler, yeah, he comes in motion on defense off the edge, so he, he has a running start at getting past the defensive lineman who's standing there bewildered as Schooler runs by him and blocks the kick no problem. What did we see there? Yeah. Did we see the first of many? What What was this? Yeah, it'll be a copycat because it worked. Yeah. So other people will try and do it, but the element of surprise is pretty much shot because when I talk with coaches around the league, you know what they tell me all the time? They have a reel that they have their video department create, somebody from their video department who will scour all the other games. And if they see anything that's different, unusual, wow, that's a heck of a good play. You hear what I'm saying? Anything that, you know, oh, where would that loophole come from? And they put it on a reel for their coach, and then they go over it to see what people are doing. That's on everyone's reel today, all right? Now you've got to figure out, can you pull it off? Can you do it? It's really the next step from when you had people lined up, and how many times did you watch a game and you saw a guy loop around to come up the middle, maybe leave a a half count early, right? Loop around to come up a different gap to try and get there. This one was coming from all the way out there like he was blocking someone, came inside in lateral motion and went. That was – it was phenomenal. There's no getting around it. It's the first. I think others will try it. Hmm. But the element of quote-unquote surprise, because now everyone's going to practice and be so-called be prepared for it, doesn't mean it won't be successful. But now everyone's going to say, hey, you know this is coming from other people now. Okay. Because it's the old, if Bill Belichick did it and did it well, it's got to be good, so we better right. add it to our own arsenal. That's what we're going to have, and let's see who the next team is. And if they're successful now, it's because someone fell asleep at the switch. This is a risky play, right? Because if your timing is off, you've got a neutral zone infraction, and you're moving the sticks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think at that stage of the game, you know, what's the, what's the risk-reward? Yeah, fair. Right for New England. I mean, they they were they were chasing the entire game. They needed sparks. They needed plays. They need something to happen. Risk reward said, "Go for it." And if he's offside, well, you know, we're struggling anyway tonight. So obviously, that's what um, you know. Coach Belichick was thinking. They had put that in. No one knew about it. You know, um, wow. I mean, just just wow. <laughs> they, the last the, the assistant coach who's in charge of special teams is last name Vacor. And I don't know if it's his idea, Coach Belichick's idea, what have you. Obviously, Coach Belichick's going to get credit for everything. Mm-hmm. But maybe Coach Acord put that in and, and more power to him because, boy, that was terrific. It got our attention, and it got them back in the game. Charles, which O&T team, which Owen 2 team in the AFC is in trouble, uh, the Chargers or Bengals? Which one's more in trouble? Chargers. Chargers. Ooh, you didn't hesitate at all there. Yeah, the Chargers, because they, they still, you know, Justin Herbert's playing at a high level again, and he put them in a position to win, be ahead. Tennessee scores late. We're in overtime. And then, of course, he has an empty possession in overtime. 
he and the offense have to think to themselves at this point, when we have empty possessions, boy, that's tough, right? The the idea of, you know, a punt is okay for, for the Chargers, I don't know that that really works for them. And that's a lot of pressure on their offense because it feels like they've got to get points on almost every possession to keep pace. And the head coach is in charge of the defense and always has been. So once again, you got this big quarterback, great firepower on offense, but the defense isn't slowing people down well enough. And by the way, that's a Tennessee team that is not going to be mistaken <laughs> for a great offense. It's just sure. not. And, and, and they found a way to get big plays downfield. Tannehill hit guys. The whole deal. You remember the week before, mm. he really, really struggled. So if, if, to me, it's the Chargers ahead of the Bengals. Bengals have been there before. Just last year, they were 0-2 to start. I'm not ready to count them now. I'm not ready to count out the Chargers either. But that's the team that the same things keep popping up for me. And it has been over numerous seasons. The Giants get a big come-from-behind win, albeit it was in a game that they probably shouldn't have trailed by 21 points to start. But I digress. They got the win. They also have the Thursday nighter in San Fran, and they're staying out on the West Coast for the week to prepare for this game. Uh, just a thought on maybe the win and how to manage this week if you're a member of this Giants team going up against a tough defense and doing it out of a hotel. Yeah, and, and, it's just, and it really is the right play because rather than fly all the way back to the East Coast and then fly back for a West Coast game again on a short week, it's the right play. Most teams nowadays, even if you play Sunday to Sunday, if they're going east and going west, they will stay out there in between nowadays. Or the West Coast teams coming east, if they have two eastern uh, games, they will stay and do it. They go do the trains. It's just easier. The body adjusts. The time clocks. The 49ers have done a terrific job of doing that, coming west to east and maximizing and winning ball games. It's the right play for the Giants. The win had to have it. If they got to 0-2 and lost to the Cardinals, in a season where we're wondering if they're going to take a step back anyway because of how many games they won close last year and the roster still needs some work, but a loss to the Cardinals at 0-2 in the NFC East, you might have been saying, I don't think so, (laughs) for the rest of the year. That was huge for them. Their biggest concern about everything is not staying west, it's not working out of the hotel, it's not any of those things. It's Saquon Barkley's ankle, and will he be okay for Thursday night? Uh, Charles had a bit of a rant at the beginning of the show, and I want to get your opinion on the field goal that the Rams kicked with no time left in a meaningless situation when they should have done the old dribble out the basketball and let the shot clock run out and then shake hands in the middle of the field. Uh, Sean McVay kicking that meaningless field goal, which lo and behold uh, got the Rams to cover the point spread as the Niners were seven and a half point so favorites. Weird. Your take on that yeah. whole situation. You know, my guess is that Sean didn't think about point spread and all. He just wants to put points on the board, have his guys feel good going into the place. Okay. We put some more points on the board, cosmetic stuff. But in this world that we live in now, the betting is now, you know, embraced way more, even though there's certain lines you can't cross in our league. That immediately puts it into play, right? And yeah. immediately puts everyone going, whoa, 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 what was that? You know, I, I don't think that people in the league office are going to not notice and go, okay. I don't think that that's where Sean McVay's head goes, what little bit I know about him again. With most of these people, I know them. 
but do I know them? That would be me making myself more important than what I am. I know them from covering them, right? I cover them. Most of the people were very friendly. We do our thing. We do our game. We go on. We're not talking during the week. We're not talking much in the offseason unless we have something that we're connecting with on a, on, a, on a conference or anything like that. But I just don't see the Sean McVay that I believe I know saying to himself, man, watch this. We're going to cover this for spread. I, I just don't see that being a part of it. I think it's much more of, okay, we're going to take the loss, but I want something positive to take right. into next week. It, it's just there's an odor to it, right? Just the urgency yeah, to kick a meaningless now. field goal there, there's just an odor to it. Like, let, 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 me, let, me, let me ask you guys this because you guys have been involved in this a long time. If the league did not embrace the gambling aspect, let's say we go back – five years, right? Where right. we were still, let's go, let's even go back to before we put a team in Vegas, right? Yeah. Where the league was like, it'll be a cold day in hell before there's a team in Vegas, right? Right. Remember those days? Yeah. If he goes down and kicks the field goal now, is it the same odor, is the same feeling? Do we even have that in our heads? And do we just go, oh, he must have wanted something for his team. Well, it, to me, it's I really the, think the gambling thing overarch, overarchs everything. Now. Yeah, like especially with the Calvin Ridley suspension. It's not like he was betting against his team and it was $1,500 and he bet with his team and he had to sit out an entire year, Charles, over $1,500. Yes, a very stupid decision when every player I've ever talked to, you've mentioned it on the show, they hammer, do not bet on games, do not even thinking about right. bet on games. And then when an instance like that happens in a football game where it directly affects the point spread in a play that you will generally not see in an NFL game, they'll just let the time run out and they'll run to the field and shake hands. It's just from a league, it just feels like it's a double standard. Oh, no, players, but when it happens here in the game in front of everybody, eh, it's fine. Yeah, I, listen, I'm not going to argue with you on that one because I do think that you'll never hear from the league about it. You would never be able to prove it, but I'll bet you there's been a meeting. <laughs> hey, yeah. guys, you saw that in the Rams game, right? Do we address it? Do we not? Do we make a phone call on, on, on the private line? Do we talk to ownership? What do we do with all this? Is there anything to be done? But they will not do it publicly. There's no way, no chance, right? right. Because they will probably come up with, they will probably say to themselves, similar to what I believe that I know, I don't think that Sean McVay is looking at point spread as much as trying to do it. But guess what? With the point spread stuff out there now, yep. we're – in the old days, it was cool when Al Michaels was very sly about it, and we all laughed and <laughs> chuckled, right? When, when you know, obviously when um, Brett Musburger would do it, we laughed and we chuckled, that little sly wink, right? He's kind of breaking the fourth wall when Mr. Roper would turn after he zing Mrs. Roper on three's company and then smile <laughs> into the camera and let us in on the joke. That's what it was then. Now the repercussions are real. And by the way, just had Calvin Ridley in the game with Jacksonville, got to sit down with this young man. Mm. I could not have been more impressed, mm. and here's why. I don't know if you ever read his open letter in the Players' Tribune about you know, what happened and all this sort of stuff. This guy stood right up and said, I messed up. I'm not blaming anyone else. The league didn't – you know, the, the rules weren't vague. I did it, and he told where he was in his head. Mm. There's a lot of stuff in his life. I could not have been more impressed with this young man. And by the way, if you read that letter and see where he has come from to be where he is now – it is absolute stunner, absolute stunner. I root for him. 
all right? Not rooting for a team or who wins. I'm talking about rooting for him as the person. Mm-hmm. Read that letter in the Players' Tribune, his open letter. Stunning. I made my son sit down and read it right away. I said, read this and tell me if your life is pretty darn good, kid. Now start start doing something. <laughs> you know, typical, when I, I went on to the I went on to the parent rant. Yeah. He came from here and look at where he is now. <laughs> You've got a chance to have every I'm killing myself. Blah blah blah. And by the time it was done, he was looking at me like, Oh Lord, here we go again. Doing doing the full dad rant. Uh I did want to ask you, and it's something you did bring up too. Just Sean McVay, um, like Kicking that field goal, they lose by seven instead of losing by ten. What does that do for a group going into the end of the game? Like, does that really change the mentality of a loss? No, no, yeah. it doesn't change the mentality of a loss. But what it changes is him going in and saying, "Listen, okay, we lost the ball game, whatever." But what I liked is at the end, our execution gets in position. One day, when we get into that type of position, that field goal will we will mean the difference between winning and losing. I just wanted us to run it out like we were like we were trying to get there, and that we just take those for a little bit better taste in our mouths, even though that we lost. Even though we lost, does it change the mentality of winning or losing? Absolutely not. They lost. That's all they care about. But he wanted them to play it out. Is my sense? Okay, that's just me doing the educated guess and the whole thing. Look, do you remember that there was a Duke UConn basketball game in the Final Four a bunch of years ago, right? The spread was whatever, okay? And at the end of the ball game, it did not matter. UConn, I think, was up four or five or whatever it was. And a kid from Duke just throws up a three-pointer at the buzzer for the heck of it. It went in the basket. You know how much money changed hands at that moment? It yeah. went from cover to not cover. <laughs> yeah. And people lost their minds. I remember the next day I woke up, and it was everywhere. That the lines had changed and people were like, why did the kid team it? It didn't even matter. It mattered to him because he wanted to make one last shot. I think for Sean McVay, he just wanted three more points for his team. I I really hope that's the case. Uh, Charles Davis. And, and, by, and by the way, let me, I'll finish with very quickly with this. Sure. One of the deep tiebreakers for <laughs> playoffs, <laughs> divisional titles, all that, yep. is points scored. It's one of the deep tiebreakers. Coaches think about these things. I guess I just have to shake it off, Charles, and get over it. <laughs> well, it certainly sounds like you left some bad blood along. Yeah, you're right. You know what? I should just uh, just probably listen to uh, read that Calvin Ridley letter and gives me all warm and fuzzies like a love story. Um, Charles, yeah, terrific listen, stuff. Listen, it's, been, it's the end of a cruel summer. It is. That's all I can tell you. you. Know oh, Dart. Well done. Well done. Charles, nobody asked. I the caught st- it. I got you. Charles, Very nobody well has done. the style that you do on our program. Um, thanks for this, NFL on CBS. You're my antihero. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, you guys are the man. Talk to you later. There he is, Charles Davis. I'm so lucky to have that dude. It's incredible. That he his seventies and eighties TV references that he brings up. Oh, I, and I, I like, totally got like, the Three's Company. Yeah, like I too. like I love Three's Company too. So like, yeah, I just love that he brings all that stuff. Also, on me. Top of the, yes, Matt too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, straight ahead, we're giving away tickets. There's uh, a lot of text. Heritage which, which Classic ones are we giving away. Heaps uh, both. Heritage all of Classic them? Expendables Four giveaway. Um, if you call in too. 403-240-4444. You got a better chance of winning tickets. Uh, you, your text messages, your phone calls were given S away to you next. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan.
Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Time to give away some tickets for you. Let me read this. Um, you got to tune into our show all week for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the 2023 NHL Heritage Classic. The outdoor matchup between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames will be played at Commonwealth Stadium on Sunday, October 29. The 2023 Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic celebrates the 20-year anniversary of the league's first regular season outdoor game, which was also held at Edmonton's Commonwealth Stadium, home of the CFL's Edmonton Elks, if you didn't know. In that contest, played on November 22, 2003, the Montreal Canadiens defeated the Oilers 4-3 in front of 57,167 fans. To date, there have been 37 regular season outdoor games played in front of a total of 1.8 million fans. Well, just over. New tickets to the 2023 Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic has just been released and are now available for purchase on a first-come, first-served basis while supplies last. Or you can win them right now on this show. You better believe it. We're also giving away movie tickets to The Expendables 4, one voucher, two general admissions, two medium drinks, two medium popcorns. Uh, it's got all like the big action stars in this movie. What's oh, on the, what's, who's in the cast? Jason oh, Expendables Statham, 4? Yeah. Statham, Stallone, Fox. Lundgren, Fox. Uh, who else is in this? Uh, you get into the list and it's like, ah, that's not the same as Expendables 1. Uh, but it's it, not. It's, we've, it's, we've lost a lot. It's it's awesome. A lot of characters some of them have died. Were, some of them were expended. Okay, easy. Um, it's gonna, it's 50 Cents in it. Fitty. Uh, uh, who else yeah. is in this? Uh, Andy Garcia. Okay. Um, 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444. The gold medal is the... Um, is the Heritage Classic tickets. Sure. The silver medal is the Expendables 2 tickets. Um, it's been almost 10 years since Expendables 3. Wow. <laughs> um, you call in, you have a better chance of winning. That's how we do it on this show. 403-240-4444. We're asking you, and we've been asking you all morning, I worked as a blank shorter than Mike Babcock as head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. I worked shorter than blank than Mike Babcock as a head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. 403-240-4444 on the line. 960-960, name and location on the text line. Texty McTexterson is our Sportsnet 960 to fan text reading robot. Mm. But we also have Richard. Let's get to Richard on the line first. Um, Richard, good morning. How are you? Good morning, boys. How are you guys? Good. What, what are you up to, Richard? Oh, you know, just starting the day, working from home. Oh, staring, at, staring at monitors all day. Um, but I've definitely got a story that I think is going to win. Okay. Um, and I, it's too long for text. So, uh, Richard, can I just can I just fill you in on something? Yeah. I think it's a rule for life in general. Uh, under promise, over deliver. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not my jam. <laughs> okay. All right. Send it then. Well, go ahead, really, Richard. Tell your story. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. So in the late nineties, I, I got one of my first sweet gigs as the manager of an A V company for the entire resort of Whistler and had my office in the Weston Resort and Hotel, which consequently gave me access to all of the doors in the entire resort, including some of like the fancy suites. The first week I worked there, um, Brad Pitt and uh, Jennifer Aniston were staying at the resort and had just checked out. And when my roommates caught wind of this, they wanted to see if, you know, we could figure out a way to party in the same room as Brad and Jennifer. 
because they had some very um very nice um friends of theirs some girls that wanted to you know have a blowout in whistler <laughs> one of the fellas that was visiting my roommate was the son of an ex calgary flames coach and you know long story short we ended up uh, going into this incredible suite in the West End because I was convinced somehow. Um, I was in a jacuzzi in this room with two girls, and this son of an ex-Calgary Flames coach at 2 in the morning decided he's going to try and call room service in his, in his state. And, of course, uh, that got us all busted. Um, you know, cops came, the whole deal, and uh, I had to resign <laughs> my position the next day. So less than a week in this gig, all because of this donkey mm-hmm. um, who is a son of an ex-Flames coach. Okay. Um, is it weird that the only thing I could think about during your story, Richard, was did you smell the bed sheets if it smelled like Jennifer Aniston? That I did not. Is... Uh, the, the girls were interested okay. in all of those okay. things, though. So. That was weird, wasn't it? That was super weird. All right, hang on the line, Richard. Yep. There was a lot of snake oil in that yeah, story. Yeah, but this is like 2003 Jennifer Aniston, too. Stop. Like You're being vile. What do you mean I'm being vile? <laughs> she was lovely. She still is lovely. Yeah, and you're saying you would smell her sheets? That's disgusting. I think that's a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Little. It's one thing to say, like, wow, she looks beautiful. What a goddess. I thought that's where Richard was going to go. It's another I stuck in a room like... so I could smell the sheets. I think we all thought he was going to go there, and then he yeah. didn't, and then you just proceeded to go there nevertheless. Well done. Uh, 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444. Texty McTexterson is our Sportsnet 960 The Fan texturing robot. Doesn't sniff too many sheets. But he joins us. Uh, what do you got for us here, Text? Do you got uh, Patrick? Do you have a? Do you have a whole? There's a lot. A whole host of text. All right. Travis in Palliser worked half a day of landscaping when I was 18. Left at lunch. It was too hot and way too sweaty. Went and had beers instead, and now I sell beer for a living. 18 years later. Hashtag full circle. Oh, that's a nice story. Found his calling. Thanks, mm. Travis. Here's his calling. He's like landscaping, not for me. Nope. Bye. I also don't See like ya. jobs where I get hot and sweaty. Yeah, I uh, I got a job at the uh, Skyline Tower when I was 17 years mm. old as a dishwasher. Mm. I lasted about two hours. Mm. I'm like, this isn't for me. Yeah, my dishwashing job didn't last long. Uh, also, when I saw the fellow dishwasher who I was working with, an interesting man, ah. uh, his nickname was Crazy Richard. Oh. <laughs> um, I uh, I saw him eating off one of the plates, and I'm mm. like, that's it for me. I got to go. Goodbye. I can't do this. On the way out or on the way in? Uh, about an hour into the shift. No, I, I mean, was the plate on the way out to the guest or on the way back in from the guest? No, no, from the guest. Okay, yeah, that's oh, gross. It's so eaten. Yeah. If I need to sample it before my guest does, that's well, just... Well, this, this kind of plays into that, uh, getting, right, eating well. it, but uh, this guy, he, uh, he shouldn't have done this. Ali from Calgary worked at Moxie's when I was 19 and was fired halfway through my first shift for taking fries off of a plate before <laughs> it was taken to the customer. No, there's... I was young and hungry. <laughs> Okay, Ali. Like, yeah, like okay. yeah, that's fireable. Obvious, no, like, obviously, there are certain. No, but come on, Ali. Like seriously, you didn't know better. Like you're young 19. And you gotta, hungry. You got to do it when no one's watching. 
Like that just that's, yeah, you sneak come on. You got to sneak it. Obviously, you're not just gonna eat it not on the it's way on out the hot, there. Like underneath the hot it's tray, the they're window. waiting. Yeah, yeah, the window. You come on, get Allie. a little bit of Mission Impossible going there. Four oh three two four oh forty four. Before you played it, Ocean's Eleven type <laughs> stuff. Four oh three two four oh forty four forty four. Four oh three two four oh forty four forty four. Let's get back to the phone lines here, and uh, let's get to uh, James. Uh, James, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Good. What are you up to? Uh, you know. Like most people, just getting the day going, getting ready. It's 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 almost Friday, right? So yeah, you're right. Go. It's only Monday. Essentially, and the trains yeah, are, the trains are <laughs> moving, so that's good. They're, they're not moving. moving. No, they are moving. Look at there's moving. a train. Yeah, it's it just there you go. went by us. Um, all right, tell us your uh, story that you lasted uh, a lot less time than Mike Babcock did with the Blue Jackets. You'll like this. You'll like this. So my cousin years ago, about ten years ago, um, he was a he was a journeyman machinist. <clears throat> he got me a job at the shop he was working at, mm-hmm. and they had. A very specifically sized and shaped piece of metal. I still don't know what the hell it was for. But it needed a very specific pressed hole right through it at a very specific spot. And this piece of metal was worth, I believe, $17,000. Oh. So for whatever reason, he thought it was a good idea to let me use the press. And I put it through the wrong spot and I ruined this piece of metal. An hour and a half into my first shift, the boss turned purple and he just put his hands on his desk and he looked down and he said, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and that was, that was it. I lasted about 90 minutes. Well, but James, why would they give you that responsibility? They had it. They had it. See, it was my cousin screwed it up and lined it up in the wrong spot, clamped it in the wrong spot. So, so pretty sure. So your cousin probably should have got fired along with you. He, he probably did. But I was the one standing there with the drill press in my hand mm. when it went through the wrong spot, so I was the immediate scapegoat. How much longer did your cousin last before I assume he also got canned? You know what? He cut his hand almost in half. Oh my God. So Jesus. I think he stopped not long later. Your, co- your cousin <laughs> I was trying like, to be comedic, now, and you're like, well, he chopped off his hand, and now he can't yeah, work. I, That's too now bad. I know why your cousin was a journeyman machinist with the, <laughs> yeah, some of the things you're yeah. telling me about. Uh, hang on he the line, James. Elsewhere. Thanks. Yeah, 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 he did. Uh, yeah. Hang on the line there, James. Journeyed back and forth from the ER. Okay. Am I right? All right. <laughs> crickets, please. Do we have cricket sound effect, please? For, uh, thank you. That's uh, I don't think that's necessary. Thank I you. thought it was uh, better than that. But. 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444. Uh, Eric. Eric on the old phone line here trying to win some tickets. Uh, good morning, Eric. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, Eric, uh, tell us a story. <laughs> so back in the day, in my younger days, um, I got a job at a local establishment. I'm not going to name it. Hmm. It's a very popular nightclub. Okay. Oh, I thought you and were talking, is it a place where women take their clothes off for money? No. Does okay. a nightclub still exist? They, they wouldn't hire me. Okay. Um, yes, the nightclub still exists. Anyways... Hmm. I did uh, an orientation before I started, and they showed me where the staff room was and where everything is that I need to know. And my very first night, they used to have a pretty famous ladies' night. And I showed up to work, and I was pretty nervous. I was 19 and, you know, country boy coming into the big city. And I walked in the staff room, and all the strippers, the male strippers, are there preparing. (laughs) Fuck naked. Oh. Three or four of them. And I opened the door and went, oh, dear God, no. And they looked at me and smiled and said, hey, you here to oil us up? <laughs> so I, I slowly backed out and whatever. I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this. 
And they said, okay, I started as a busboy. They're like, tonight you're going to be working around the stage. So long story short, by the end of the night, I'd had my shirt ripped off by a mom and a daughter tandem. I had the Wrangler emblem on my jeans bitten off by some other girl. And I had somebody offer to shape my cowboy hat and you can put it all together. But I thought he said shave my ass instead of shape my hat. So I almost threw down with this gentleman. Um, At the end of the night, I got back out into the parking lot. I was sitting in my truck and I was so, so rattled. Um, I ended up listening to CBC radio, plug for CBC, all the way home to some old classical music just because I I didn't, like, I felt so violated and traumatized. Um, Shortly thereafter, I found a new job at a uh, different establishment where that didn't happen. Okay, so, um, Eric, I just have a lot of questions. I just have one. (laughs) Yeah. At what point did you say to yourself, you know where I want to get a job? (laughs) Like, why did you decide to work there? Because there is a an allure to it. There was a, the legends came from this place, mm. right? Where you'd heard all the good things and okay, and so, good things are sketchy things, but it was like hmm. okay, sounds like Eric bit off a bit more than he could chew. Uh yeah. Or a and Wrangler so logo on my bum, like the woman. So. Yes. All right, Erica, <laughs> hang on the line. Cheers. Um. Okay. A lot of interesting stuff on the uh, phone line. There's uh, James, uh, who ruined a $17,000 piece of metal. Eric with a, I don't know, questionable life decision on where he wanted to work. And may or may not be. Rich, who I don't know if you heard, but he was actually partying with the son of a Flames coach. Yeah, and Richard, who probably should have been smelling bedsheets, but he didn't. No, that's uh, not What correct. else do we got on the text line here? <laughs> Wedley in Bridalwood. I once worked in HR for a certain grocery store and quit after a month. There was zero training, and interesting things like the meat manager whipping an exacto knife near another employee. I got in trouble for sending him home. Then the drama by the 30 to 40 year olds over trivial things and I was out. Okay, Wedley, uh, we always appreciate your text messages. I've always kind of wanted to work in a grocery store because I like to put things in line with the labels out. Golf facing. Yeah. Yep. I like doing that kind of stuff. There's there's like a like my fridge, I, I line up all the, all the drinks and they're all labeled yeah. the right way. FIFA. Facing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also English label out. I got to say French. <laughs> I got to say so far I'm uh, I'm underwhelmed with what I've heard. On like, the tax line or the, oh everything both. okay. Like we are giving away tickets to the Heritage Classic. Like these are pricey. Like Yeah, our, they, they range in like it, no pressure. No pressure for our next caller. Uh, but Corey, uh, Corey, good morning. How are you? Good, yourself? Corey, do you got a good story for me or what? I do, actually. Uh, I was 18 years old. It was my first job. I went to work at uh, IGA in uh, northern British Columbia as a baker's helper. Mm-hmm. And there was another young girl there about the same age, 18 or 19 or something. Yeah. And uh, so I was there for, I don't know, a couple hours, and we were chatting, and I asked her out, and... Uh, the head baker there happened to be her dad, and he heard me. Uh, that, that was the end of it, right then and there. Okay, wait. Wait. Uh, Corey, I appreciate that shooter's got to shoot. Yep. But did she say yes? No, she didn't. She oh. actually told her dad. What? Oh, man. Yeah, this guy's name was Baker Bill, and he oh. wasn't having it. So. Um, yeah, I think I, I worked for the IGA for, I don't know, Two two and a half hours, maybe. <laughs> okay, 
Hang, just, hang, hang on line, Corey. Shoot your just, shot, Corey. Okay, I like that one. Just one of those dudes who, within being in any location for three hours, and, has to shoot his <laughs> shot. Yeah, and you know what I love, too? That, you know, maybe Corey thought he was going to work here for a while. I was like, you know what I need to do? I need to date her immediately. I need, yeah, to, get yeah, in, yeah. I need to get into the family I, here. I need to date her before lunch. <laughs> Like, I need to get this locked down before my first break. They won't be able to fire me if, if I like that. I gotta hey, listen, for three hours. If we're in love, how are they going to get rid of me? I like Corey. All right, what do we got in the text line? Because we're Daryl running short in Calgary. On time. Who's that, sir? A dairy cow inseminator. Daryl. Okay. A dairy cow inseminator. Quit oh. as soon as I seen what I need to do. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah, get me out. Okay, next. Aaron in Olds. I was supposed to start roofing for my girlfriend's dad on a Monday but got hammered up on Friday night, had a bit of a tiff with my girlfriend and she dumped me. I didn't bother showing up for work. <laughs> that devastating. That makes sense. Didn't want to show up. Done. Our relationship's over. Why would I want to work uh, for your dad? Quit. Yeah. Unless you're Corey, because you would immediately ask his daughter out. Yeah, exactly. Immediately. <laughs> okay. There we go. Paul in Chestermere. My first job as a teenager was at Zeller's wearing the Zeddy costume greeting customers. Day one was alright although the inside of the costume smelled like a locker room. Day two I show up, the grown up dude wearing it was going to take it off so I could put it on for the afternoon shift. Instead of going to the lunchroom to make the switch he proceeds to tell me he needs to go to the washroom to change because he's nude in there. I didn't say a word, walked out, went home, and told my parents I was fired. They still think that. <laughs> no, they fired me. Okay. Um, sorry, what, who is that? That's Paul and yes! Chestermere. Okay, Paul uh, and Chestermere. I think that person you were working with? Predator. <laughs> Probably. Predator, for sure. <laughs> Naked under the Zeddy costume. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Something was yeah. up there. God, that's an unsettling. To okay. say the least. Oh. Okay, that one makes that one makes me feel weird. <laughs> so I, I like, like it. it. I like it so, so much. So Paul and Chestermere, and I think Corey shooting his shot at the IGA. I, was I think those are our two best ones. Oh, there's so many more. But like, yeah, but are it. the good ones? I don't. Well, they're funny. They're really funny. Okay. Okay. How about you go rapid fire? Give me three of they're the best. They're long. Ones. The thing is, there's a couple that are like longer. But are form. they good? Yeah, they might. All be. right, hammer them. Let's, Let's go. go. I don't have anything at nine. We can do it. Okay, go. Dean from Calgary. 30 plus years ago I worked in a local up-and-coming brewery. I was a snot-nosed, 20-year-old punk out of college. After my first shift the guys took me to the green room where there were kegs of beer tapped for us to enjoy. I proceeded to drink most of the night until one of the guys took pity on me and drove me home. Woke up the next morning, stumbled into the brewery and somehow managed to finish my shift. Not long after the shift ended I found myself in the green room again. The guys didn't think I could repeat my performance from the previous day. Not one to turn down a challenge I put on a clinic and showed those kids who the boss was. No idea how I got home that night but when I woke up the next morning I called the brewery and quit. Two days of work and all I had to show for it was two of the worst hangovers I've ever had. I like that he writes, like, I had to show them who's I'll boss. Show you. Oh, and yeah. then he did it and he was like, nah, I can't do this. That's also a business decision. Yeah. <laughs> Chad M. in Calgary. I was a burger flipper for the clown shorter than Mike Babcock was a coach for CBJ. Who knew a case of mono would change my life? <laughs> okay. Was it his mono? <laughs> James in Foothills Industrial. There was a time I got hired for a driving job and I was very excited. I called my mom to let her know I got the job and that I was super happy. 
she took it upon herself to do a credit check on the company to make sure they could pay. Within two hours I had a call come.in and Buddy was freaking out and proceeded to fire me. I worked exactly zero minutes. Interview, hired, and fired all in the span of four hours. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> like, who does that? Your mom's like, I gotta make sure they gotta pay you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you do... Can you do that mom voice? Can more? you do that again? Well, we got to make sure they're going to pay you, bud. <laughs> I don't know. It's also just it's a Fargo, <laughs> Minnesota yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, that's from small town Winnipeg. Yeah, there you small go, small town Manitoba. Uh, All right, one more, one, one more, more, one more, one more. Brendan in Riverbend, just a coffee me. shop employee. I quit because there were too many old people hanging around. <laughs> I am now at the age where I am starting to get offended by my actions. They should have fired me. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, Patrick, uh, I'm going to let you, um, give it away. Oh boy. Uh, cause, uh, okay. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to let Maddie decide who he likes from the callers. And then I'm going to let you decide who you like from the texters. Okay. Maddie. I'm going to go with, uh, my boy, Corey. Shooting uh, his shot put, at IGA. Let's put Corey on the, uh, because on the line. It was a terrible idea from the start, yeah. but way to go. Corey, I just wanted to say, did you ask her out before lunch? Absolutely. Okay, hang yeah. on the line. Thank you. Hang on the Good line. for you. Uh, which one do you like? Uh, Paul, the Zeddy costume. Yeah, with the creepy... With the creepy naked dude inside of it in the morning. Now, um, between you two, because you're going to go Paul, you're going to go Corey, I want you guys to rock, paper, scissors on who oh, gets... God. Best of one. Who gets right. the heritage tickets and who gets the expendables. Let, can we bring Corey up? <laughs> Uh, Corey, is this intense right yep. now that you'll you'll get hockey tickets based on a this game of rock, is... paper, scissors? You have no idea. Okay, so you got Matt Rose. Uh, Producer Patrick is Paul in uh, Chestamere. Okay, I'm going to say one, two, three, shoot, and then you guys shoot. Okay. Is it two out of three? Best you... of one. No, best of one. We're running low on time okay. here, but I appreciate okay. you trying to... Uh... Okay, no, hold on. <laughs> one, two, three, shoot. Rock, rock. Hold on. Rock, rock. The first one, Corey. Very intense. On, one, on. two, three. Shoot. Rock, rock. Oh, what was that? Rock beats scissors. Oh, sorry. You're going to see the Expendables 4, though. <laughs> sorry, Corey. Oh. You're going to yeah, see the Expendables 4. It's got Jason Statham. It's going to be a great flick. All right. <sighs> sorry, dog. Hang on the line, Corey. Thank you. Uh, you're going to see Expendables 4. Uh, you're winning one voucher, two general admissions, two medium drinks. Two medium popcorns armed with every weapon they can get their hands on and the skills to use them. The Expendables are the world's last line of defense and the team that gets called when all the other options are off the table. But the new team members with new styles and tactics are going to give new blood a whole new meeting. Congratulations. You're going to see the Expendables 4. Congratulations to our man, Paul and Chestamere. You have won tickets to the 2023 Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic, which celebrates the 20th anniversary of the league's first regular season outdoor game. It goes down October 29th in Edmonton's Commonwealth Stadium. Congratulations, Paul and Chestamere. You're going to the game. Bring your Zeddy because costume. Because you're man. Bring rock. your Zeddy comp. Nothing beats rock. <laughs> beats rock. Because Patrick <laughs> brought it with the old uh, crushing mat like a grape with rock. Oh, and before we go, um, just a recap on our NFL Big Bets, uh, brought to you by Sports Select. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select Pools. 
Make your picks at sportsselect.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly this week. Uh, uh, these numbers aren't right. We, uh, uh, Patty went, I added to them. They're right now. The ones on there are wrong. Patty this went, is right. Patty went 5011. I went 4111. You went 2 and 4. Okay. Standings Matt's 8 3 and 1. Patty's 7 4 and 1. George is 7 and 5. Okay. Giant, coming up Giants on? Niners Thursday. See you then. <laughs> we'll replay. Uh, I believe we're going to replay our conversation with Kevin Barker. That was nice. It was funny. Aaron Parsline was also a very good conversation because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Babcock talk. Yep. Say that fast. Uh, we have more uh, Expendables tickets and more Heritage um, Classic Heritage tickets, Classic tickets All tomorrow. Week. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you then. Uh, check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, all that stuff. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.